0: As week 8 of the NFL season wraps up, more mysteries of this year have yet to be solved. Such mysteries like the Minnesota Vikings being 6-1 and one right now. Mysteries like the Philadelphia Eagles being the only undefeated team still. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers being on a three-game losing streak, Brady's first since the early 2000s. And the Las Vegas Raiders finding new and exciting ways to completely collapse on the field. We'll be seeing all of this and many other unusual cases and mysteries here on a detective club. I mean, Tuesday Night Football. New month, new episode... Still the same old Tuesday Night Football. And you know what that means, right, folks? Welcome to the Week 8 Recap, the Week 9 Predictions, and a whole lot more, including some brand new spicy news coming out of the XFL. We talked about them back on Tuesday Night Football 5 a little bit. They just say, hey, this thing's coming back for the third time round." Well, some news has dropped. All of this and more tonight. So, let's get started, shall we? With our NFL week 8 recap, we we're just going to just blaze on through this because we've had some funky stuff happen this week, including the Ravens beating the Buccaneers in a pretty all right Thursday night football game where the Ravens didn't blow the lead. They actually held on to it. They played to their strengths and they played strong ball. This is a recovery week for Baltimore, which will come in handy because they've got another primetime game coming up next week against the New Orleans Saints on Monday night. Because of course they do. (laughs) Why wouldn't they, right? We had ourselves the final London game of the year, not the final game overseas, in a Broncos-Jaguars game that I was not excited for in the slightest when it was announced, Oh! This is going to go to London. But somehow, the Broncos did it. They scored more than a touchdown. Their kicker didn't do all that much. Is this really the Denver Broncos that we've been seeing all season? As they're now 3-5. and five. Unlike their quarterback's former team, who is now 5-3. and three. Which, I don't think any Seahawks fan has uh, figured out just yet how. But we're happy that it's like this because, of course, why not? (laughs) We had the Miami Dolphins play a monster game against the Detroit Lions. I know, weird to say. But considering the Lions put up a pretty good fight in the first half of this game until the Dolphins decided, you know what we're going to do? You know that lead you got there, Detroit? We're going to take it over. And we're going to take it over just quick in this 31-27 win for Miami. This was Tua's best game since the concussion back on Thursday Night Football. Or the series of unfortunate concussions. Because, of course, who wouldn't want blunt force trauma to the brain? You know, you sit down, get your rest, you recover, and next thing you know, a healthy Tua is playing good ball, even if it is Detroit. So good job, Dolphins. Seal of approval for this game. Maybe I should get a seal of approval. How much would one of those go for? I don't know. It's hard to run a show on 25 bucks. Speaking of bucks, we'll get back to them at some other point. <laughs> or we'll just get to their division rivals who played a overtime game in the Carolina Panthers and Atlanta Falcons in a shootout win for the Falcons, who won by a game-ending field goal in overtime after the Panthers missed their chance to win a game. Like the Panthers do. Because, of course, right, it makes perfect sense to see the Panthers pulling this sort of nonsense, considering right now, they're bottom of the NFC South at a whopping 2-6. and six. Champions of the Tank Bowl, here we come. <clears throat> we saw the enigma of the NFL in the Minnesota Vikings, Take a home win over the Arizona Cardinals. Probably because Modern Warfare 2 came out this last weekend. That's right, the new Call of Duty game that has the same name as an old Call of Duty game that totally isn't confusing at all. But the Minnesota Vikings are playing good ball, and that's strange. Because now the Vikings are 6-1. And Kirk Cousins, the Vikings quarterback, managed himself a rushing touchdown. And we're seeing all sorts of bizarre enigmas throughout this game. Because I guess so, right? Good job, Vikings. Because they're the only team from the NFC North to win this week. As the Lions lost, the Packers were on bye. And, epic transition to the next game, the Chicago Bears getting absolutely destroyed by the Dallas Cowboys. I am scared. A 6-2 Dallas team is something I don't want to see right now because this is scary stuff. Like, oh boy. Cowboys fans aren't going to shut up about this now, aren't they? Even though the Eagles are still above them, the Cowboys will be loud and they will shout about it. That Look at us! We're 6-2! That means we're going to the Super Bowl! How about we get to the playoffs first? Not even we. How about you get to the playoffs first? I don't know about my team. Even if we are sitting atop the NFC West, it's like, uh, (laughs) this is strange, but I like this. Let's keep winning like this. This is good. We have good running backs and a defense that's flourishing. And I'm scared. But more on that game later because now that we've gone to the NFC North it's time to move to the NFC South for a second to watch the Saints perform a shutout of the Las Vegas Raiders 24 Tegusag. nothing Zip. zilch no point they scored as many points as the Chiefs this week because the Chiefs didn't even play this week thanks to the bye week I don't even know what happened here. Derek Carr and the Raiders couldn't get any plays going past their own 50-yard line. They couldn't get out past midfield. This was sloppy offense being played by the Raiders. And then Alvin Kamara goes and has himself the game of his life playing dominant ground ball. Because why not? I guess that's just what's winning games now in the pass-happy league is ground ball. (sighs) We are really hitting the reset button on this one. Because why not? It makes perfect sense. We go from the team in the South and a team in the AFC West to the team in the East that's playing the best in the Philadelphia Eagles. Taking on their in-state rivals, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And absolutely destroying them at home 35-13. The Eagles are now 7-0. And I am bamboozled and scared, because much like Cowboys fans, Eagles fans will be very loud about this. And with how things are going, uh, unless someone could find a way to upset this team, it's going to be a while before they lose. Because, of course, I totally mean to say this about the Eagles. Because why not? We go from in-state rivals two in-division rivals in this lightning round recap, to go to the New England Patriots and the New York Jets. In what honestly was a really bizarre game to watch for the most part because the Jets' offense played pretty sloppy. The Jets are recovering from losing their running back, Brees Hall. And the Patriots played just as sloppy, maybe just a little less, because then they walk out with this 22-17 win over the New York Jets meaning that they're still undefeated against the New York Jets without Tom Brady in the Bill Belichick era. Makes perfect sense, right? Yeah, totally. We go from one division rivalry to another between the Tennessee Titans and the Houston Texans in what was the lowest scoring game that wasn't a shutout win this week. 27 points were scored. Three more points than the Saints by themselves. The Titans win 17 to 10 off the back of Derek Henry because their quarterback, Malik Willis, only threw 10 passes this whole game. You know, sometimes your shoulder could hurt if you're just doing the same shoulder movement. Just hand the ball to Henry, hand the ball to Henry. I mean, it worked, don't get me wrong. Asserting your dominance with a absolutely dominant running back like Derrick Henry, you just win as the Titans. Something that the Raiders haven't done in a hot minute, seeing as they are now 2-5. and Because, <clears throat> of course, why not? And the Texans are looking to get that number one overall pick again. Because, man, the Texans are just tanking hard right now. Like, this team is going to be a team that, if you lose to the Texans this year, that's bad. Or the Texans played really, really good. No in between. We had ourselves an East meets West battle in the NFC as the New York Giants, formerly 6-1, went West into Seattle to Take on the formerly four and three Seahawks. I only say this because now I have no idea why, but it it was great. Don't get me wrong, because now we're watching a Seahawks defense actually decide to play defense, and it's weird to watch in real time, especially against this six and one New York Giants enigma juggernaut something i don't know the new york giants are a really strange team right now considering they're six and two like really the new york giants but it does mark something kind of interesting with this game think about this seahawks quarterback geno smith he played for the chargers as a backup the seahawks beat the chargers it was just last week. It was just last week that the Seahawks beat the Chargers. This week, the Seahawks beat the Giants 27-13. to With the Seahawks scoring just as many points as the Titans and Texans combined. Like I said, now all the Seahawks need to do is beat the Jets in week 17. No problemo. And Geno Smith will have completed a revenge tour and have beaten all three of those teams, starting in Seattle. We have like three redemption arcs at what's going on with this Seattle Seahawks team. And it's just been a surprise to see him go five and three, top of the NFC West. More on this division in a hot minute after we talk about another low-scoring game where the Colts decide to lose against the Washington Commies, the Commie skin team. Whatever they're going to be going by this week and next week, a month from now, back in 1987 and forward into 2044. Because they will probably change their name every two years, depending on who's in Congress, I don't know. But <clears throat> this is hard to watch in real time was just the pain that the Colts have decided to just jump right back on the quarterback carousel because, up oh, we destroyed Andrew Luck. We bring on Philip Rivers, works for a little bit, then bring on Carson Wentz, you know, find a way to get him out. You bring in Matt Ryan, last you seven games before you're like, yeah, we're done with this guy. And now you're on yet another quarterback, like Indy. Y'all haven't been the same since Andrew Luck. Or realistically speaking, Peyton Manning. Because why not ride that carousel around instead of finding some stability? Because then maybe you won't lose to Washington, who now stands at 4-4. Four and four. This is a team that shouldn't be winning right now. But they are. That needs to change. Speaking of things changing, we head back out to the West, to SoFi Stadium, where the San Francisco 49ers took on the Los Angeles Rams in a game that started out very slow-paced, but went on to a 31-14 San Francisco blowout. Where new 49ers running back Christian McCaffrey had himself the game of a lifetime, which makes me scared because, uh uh-oh, McCaffrey's on a good offense now that isn't the Carolina Panthers. The rest of the division should be scared, and I say that as a Seahawks fan whose rookie running back is putting up baller numbers for that first year. Because that makes perfect sense. But with that, it marks the end of the afternoon games on that faithful Sunday in late October as we go to the primetime game where the Buffalo Bills did what everybody expected them to do and beat the Green Bay Packers at home. Because the Packers aren't doing so hot. They can't just pull the old let Aaron Rodgers work his magic anymore. Because, from what I know and from what I've seen, they can't have a high flying offense anymore. They need to be running a more dominant ground game, which they have for a bit this week. Even though you're playing the best team in the league right now, even on a bad day, you know, you're still losing by 10 on a bad day. So, well, on a bad day for the Bills. That is nuts to watch in real time. I'll like talk a lot of things. Man, I can't wait for the Bills-Eagles Super Bowl. Something, I will clip this. I will write this down somewhere. Who knows? Maybe somebody else will write this down for me, clip me, whatever. The Super Bowl this year, Super Bowl 57, is going to be the Buffalo Bills, and the Philadelphia Eagles here at the halfway mark. But there really wasn't much to say about Sunday Night Football. Now how about Halloween football on Monday night? Where the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals clashed to become the pride of Ohio. Like how the Eagles became the pride of Pennsylvania. At least for right now until the Steelers start winning again. Where the Browns did the browns the, the Browns thing and became the hot Browns for a week. Beating Cincinnati 32 to 13. Because remember folks, the Bengals, they don't have an O-line. Just let Joe Burrow take hits like he's Johnny Knoxville. It is so weird to watch this. Like come on Cincy. Build an O line you got to protect your boy Burrow, even if he is running out of weapons because Jamar Chase is injured. I wonder why. But the Browns pulled off an enigma of a win that I still can't figure out. And maybe that's just the thing that's going to happen throughout the rest of this season. Maybe I'm wrong. But yeah. That's your Lightning Round recap for the week 8 and for week 8 of the NFL season. A lot of ups, a lot of downs, a lot of mysteries yet to be solved, which will probably be this week's theme, unsolved mysteries. Which almost sounds too good to be true. But if we're talking unsolved mysteries, we're still not going to solve them because we're moving from unsolved mysteries to predicting the future as we move on to our week 9 predictions. Huh. Sick. No ad read this week. We're at least breaking into one. Anyway, week nine. A week where every game will be played here in the United States of America. Unlike next week, or on that next Tuesday night. We start with the Thursday game. We're going to lightning round this, and then we're going to talk about trades. Because there's been a lot of trade news before the deadlines. Then we'll move away from the fall. We'll talk about the spring. With some XFL news on top of this. You're going to love this episode, folks. So uh, enjoy. So we're going to lightning round through the predictions for this week. Philadelphia and Houston. Eagles, Texans. Thursday night football. This is an easy one. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to destroy the Texans. So Thursday night, it's going to the Eagles. And they're going to go to eight and oh. oh, that feels weird to say. Indianapolis, New England. This would have been an entertaining game if it was 2007 or 2009. Maybe 2006. Just anywhere between 2003 and 2009. Because that's when these teams were better. But in this matchup, I'm giving it to New England. Because they can at least play somewhat vaguely consistent ball against the Indianapolis Colts. And the Patriots get to play in Foxborough. So... They got that home field advantage this time around. You got the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions. The Lions just traded away their best tight end. More on that later. And the Packers need a redemption story. I'm giving this one to Green Bay because you know what? They can't lose to the Lions right now. Can they? Hopefully not. Prove me wrong, Packers. Prove me right. Prove me right, prove me wrong, just prove something. And we'll move on from there. LA Chargers, Atlanta Falcons, are going to be playing in Atlanta. The LA Chargers are going to be coming off of a bye week. They are still without receiver Mike Williams. And it's going to get weird. Justin Herbert can still play some consistent ball somewhat. But this week, I have a bad feeling that the Chargers are going to charge her. And the Falcons are going to take a win this week to keep their lead atop the NFC South. A division that is so chaotic in in the air, I don't know what to say about it. Buffalo Bills, New York Jets. The Bills are going to clap the Jets. Enough said, folks. The Bills are one of the best teams in the NFL right now, if not the Super Bowl champions. They're going to win the Super Bowl this year, hopefully. Make it to the playoffs and beat the Chiefs. I know you can't. You've got the weapons, Buffalo. So, Bills will beat the Jets this week. Minnesota Vikings, Washington, whatever their name is this week, month, or whatever. Minnesota is going to keep being weird about this and continue to win. Kirk Cousins will get his vengeance on Washington. The Vikings are going to win this game, no problemo. Carolina, Cincinnati. Panthers and Bengals are going to be entering games where they both could use a redemption arc. But here's the thing. The Bengals lost to the Cleveland Browns, and the Panthers could at least pull some consistent games. I mean, they beat the Buccaneers, they held their own against the Atlanta Falcons, and the Bengals have no O-line, and the Panthers can play decent defense. So, this week, the Panthers are going to take this win over the Bengals. We'll call it here now. Next, Vegas, Jacksonville. The Raiders are going to need some kind of redemption story and same deal with Jacksonville. They're Jacksonville's going to be coming back from a game in London to their home crowd to play against the Silver and Black. This is where I have a feeling that there will be a redemption game here for the Raiders. The Raiders are going to win this week in Jacksonville. The Dolphins head north up to Soldier Field to square up with the Bears. Now, the Bears for a little while could hold up with the Dallas Cowboys in that 29-49 uh, blowout, beating the Patriots on Monday Night Football. So for so, so who knows? Maybe they could hold their own ground for a little while if they keep playing there. Solid ground game, good defense, Bears football philosophy. is what I would say if it wasn't the Miami freaking Dolphins. Those Dolphins, even if they're going to be on the road this week, I have a feeling that Tua will still ball out against the Bears. So, Dolphins will take the win. Coming up next, we have Seattle and Arizona. Now, we already saw earlier this year that the Cardinals offense couldn't get anything done against the Seattle Seahawks when they were barely playing a defense for a good chunk of the game. We remember this. This is week five. This is week nine coming up, and the Seahawks defense is better, hungrier, and ready to fight anything that gets in their way. The Cardinals got DeAndre Hopkins back, who balled out against, who was it this week? Oh, wait, they didn't ball out this week against the Vikings. They played well enough against the Saints. They won that week. The return of DeAndre Hopkins, the loose of the Vikings, they'll probably flop to the Seahawks too. I'm giving this one to Seattle because you know what? That defense can play, which is a shock to say in 2022. Come on, let's go, Gino. We're going to have another great week. So stay hype, Seahawks fans. It's what you do best. The Buccaneers return home to take on the Los Angeles Rams, a team that, I don't know, this is going to be another enigma. I have a bad feeling about this week because this losing streak that Brady and the Buccaneers are on right now is going to continue against the LA Rams this week. So sorry to say it, folks, but. The Rams are going to win this week. They can still play somewhat decently, and Aaron Donald exists on the Rams. He will kill you if you look at him wrong. The spook is real. Tennessee, Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes exists, Kansas City. enough said? Enough said. Even with these new weapons that I'll get into in a hot minute. Baltimore, New Orleans, Monday Night Football. If the Ravens play consistently, the Ravens could take this win. New Orleans has been all over the place this year, winning pretty, pretty losable games, losing pretty winnable games. They're an enigma against nature, which is why I'm giving it to Baltimore. They can at least play some consistent ball, and they just beat the Bucks last week on Thursday night football. So give them enough time and they'll get all nice and healthy, ready for Monday night football with some of their new weapons, which we'll talk about here with the NFL trades. We're going to be seeing some fun ones this week. Because the trade deadline is, in fact, coming up. We'll make our way through some of the absolute nuttiest trades. Some of the funny ones, too. Because there's some interesting ones. Bigger winners, bigger losers. We had cases. We had some funny cases, like uh, the Eagles getting ready for their Super Bowl run and trading for pass rusher Robert Quinn. We have Kansas City adding another receiver in Kadarius Tony from the New York Giants. The New York Jets getting James Robinson for a bag of peanuts from Jacksonville. Christian McCaffrey in San Francisco, like I was talking about earlier with the Rams recap, which is scary to watch. And then we got some newer ones, like the Detroit Lions in an interdivisional trade. They traded their tight end TJ Hawkinson to the Minnesota Vikings. Like, yes, let's keep stacking the Vikings. Great idea. The Pittsburgh Steelers, and that's you know from the AFC North to the NFC North, they sent their wide receiver Chase Claypool to the Chicago Bears because I I guess wasn't doing much in Pittsburgh. Let's give them to Chicago. No more career for your receivers in ground ball capital of world. We saw some funky ones, but one of the biggest winners of the week is the Dolphins because we saw some great stuff for the Dolphins because they got Bradley Chubb from the Denver Broncos. Absolutely insane. Because why not, right? Yeah, let's give the Dolphins defense more strength. Because they're gonna try and go further than we think, I think. Even if they do have the bills in their division, it'll be fun to see. I'm just saying. Because why not, right? We'll see how he does out in uh, out in Miami. Who I honestly think is one of the biggest winners of the of these last few trades on the trade deadlines. Because look, the Dolphins are a good team. I will give them that all day, every day. And acquiring some strength to the defense, I could really use some extra strength. Why not? Because anything really is possible. And so to lightning round the trade news with some of the bigger some of the bigger recaps. The biggest winner was the Dolphins. You know, bolster their defense keep things going keep playing good ball make sure two is healthy you know getting bradley chubb from the broncos four honestly they, they dropped a lot of picks dropping a 2023 first round and a 2024 fourth round for chubb and a 2025 fifth round pick which is funny because why not get more sacks for the dolphins and the biggest loser right now is the Chicago Bears. Because they have traded away some of their best pieces on defense. Pieces like Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith. With Roquan Smith leaving Chicago. Because why not, right? And where is Roquan Smith going? Baltimore. Where is Robert Quinn going? The Eagles. And who do they get in return? Chase Claypool, a receiver who is pretty mid. So, for the quick recap, with my biggest winner and loser of these NFL trades, Dolphins, biggest winner, getting a massive pass rush unit. And the biggest loser was the Bears. They just sold off two pieces of their defense for a mid-tier wide receiver and some draft capital. Oh, well. And with that, we'll wrap up the NFL portion of our show as we move on to the XFL portion of our show. Yeah, that's right. It's XFL time, baby. Because that season will be starting here on February 18th, 2023, after the Super Bowl. Eight teams are entering this league because, of course, why not, right? Because recently... In fact, just a few days ago, the XFL has released the names and logos for the eight teams because there are new teams, there are returning teams, and whole new logos for each and every team in this league. I'll be going down in order here from the official XFL website. Here are the eight teams of the XFL for anyone who is interested in this absolutely crazy league coming back. We have the arlington renegades moving from dallas from 2020. <clears throat> we have the dc defenders returning we have the houston roughnecks returning and we have the st louis Battlehawks returning the new teams include the orlando guardians formerly up in new york and the vegas vipers formerly in tampa bay and the seattle sea dragons formerly the seattle dragons with a new team in San Antonio called the Brahmas. That makes perfect sense. But there's your eight teams, folks. It's going to be a small league for right now. And here's my thoughts of of it right now. Now that the eight teams have been announced, the kickoff of the season announced for February 18th, and scouting and a draft coming up in November, And an exclusive broadcasting partner in ESPN and Walt Disney. So it'll be on ESPN, ESPN Plus, and ABC, which is crazy. Because why not? And then we'll have to see the hype train around this finally pay off with this whole new redesign and a new owner. Dwayne Johnson Dwayne Johnson is credited as one of the owners of the XFL. Yes sir. We are we are in a very very weird we're in a weird time frame now where this this league is going to it's something I want to see pop off. I want to see it explode. Because we need to see a league pop up that can compete with the NFL from when it's, you know, not just the NFL through the fall and this just six-month void from February to about September, seven-month math. We need to see innovation. So... I'm going to be watching this, the XFL, and it's going to be absolutely fire to watch. Because why not, right? It's more football, a new league, a new world. And it's honestly going to be pretty hype to see football that's trying to be something more unique than what the NFL has been doing recently. Because it's trying to build a way more innovative football league. Like here, here it is. Here is their goal. They're building a fan-first, fast-paced, global pro football league with innovative rules and enhanced game experience and bringing entertainment to world-class football with advancing the game and expanding player opportunities when it launches. So in other words... It's going to try and be hype. It's going to try and be fun. It's going to try and be a little bit more friendly to the fans. And right now, it's at eight teams. Which, hopefully, if it does well for a few seasons, it could expand. It could get bigger. And we could finally see this league that's been trying to get off the ground for the last, like, 20 years. Because this is, what, the third go-around for the XFL? And it still hasn't gotten off the ground. Like the first time around in 2001, it lasted one season because it was just, it was dirty football. It was a hot mess of just smashing the NFL and WWE together. Thanks to Vince McMahon, who, you know, no flack towards that guy trying to do something crazy in 2001. That just didn't play out. And it kind of just flopped after 2001. It got brought back in 2020 because it was like, you know, let's give this another go. And then, you know, the virus happened. The world shut down and the XFL went bankrupt. And then a new ownership group, including Dwayne Johnson, decided, you know what? Let's buy this football league. And now here we are, two years removed, soon to be three, where we're going to have spring football and an alternative league to watch when the NFL is gone for the spring and the summer, which will be cool. I hope that some of y'all will go and watch the XFL, give it the support that it so desperately needs so we can have this alternative to the NFL. I'll keep saying it'll beat this dead horse. But we have to support this. So I'll leave you with this message. With the NFL season being weird, once the Super Bowl wraps up, mark your calendars, set a reminder for February 18th, 2023, for the kickoff of the XFL. And with that, we'll wrap up tonight's Tuesday Night Football. If you enjoyed the show, follow on Spotify, share it around with football nuts everywhere, and we'll see you next Tuesday on yet another Tuesday Night Football.